This episode of Pompey Talk is brought to you in association with Portsmouth.co.uk. To stay in the know about everything happening at Fratton Park, including the latest news, analysis and transfer updates, take out an online Pompey subscription with the Portsmouth News today at portsmouth.co.uk forward slash subscriptions. Our offer starts at less than £1 a week. You'll get unlimited online access to award-winning reporting with fewer ads and free access to our digital edition and mobile app. Hello and welcome to Pompey Talk, the news podcast. I'm Jordan Cross, joined by Head of Sport Mark McMahon and Blues writer Will Rooney to give you the inside track on events at Fratton Park. On this week's show, the seismic salary cap news is decoded with insight on exactly what happened this week, how we arrived at this point and what it means for Pompey. Contract Insight 2 with 11 players seeing their deals come to a close this summer. Is James Bolton likely to stay in after his excellent Blues return? And is a striker shake-up needed right now by Kenny Jacket? You can download our podcast on Spotify as well as Apple Podcast and SoundCloud. So give us a listen, like and subscribe to get each edition downloaded to your device and keep your finger firmly on the PO4 Pulse at portsmouth.co.uk. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Pompey Talk, the 50th anniversary of the show. Not 50 years, just 50 episodes. Feels like 50 years. Feels like 50 years. But to join us on this momentous, momentous occasion is Neil Allen. No, he's not. It's not. It's Jordan Cross and <laughs> Will Rooney. <laughs> oh dear. Which well, one of which one of us reminds you of Neil Allen? Then that's the next question. It's my, my luscious it's Definitely not. It's definitely not Will. So it must be you, Jordan. <laughs> Will's got. Will's probably got the hairline closer to Neil Allen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm not yeah. far behind. Yeah, <laughs> come on, man. Which one of us looks like Richard Keys then, with all the hair growth? That's oh, a, no, that's that's Neil looks like. That's definitely Neil Allen, isn't it? Yeah, hair straight, right. isn't he? <laughs> Very right. hairy man. <laughs> oh, what a way to start a fiftieth podcast! <laughs> Jeez. Should we, should we scrap this and start from the very beginning, or should we just crack on? <laughs> I think this is what the readers and listeners or viewers even want. Oh dear, right, we'll just crack on then. So it is, just to clarify, it is Jordan Cross and Will Rooney. Welcome lads. Um, yeah. Jordan, a big week. That's <laughs> thrown me completely. Um, a bit of a momentous week, it has to be said. Not just for Pompey, but for all league clubs, League 1, League 2 clubs. How would you best describe this here? That decision yeah. that was made? Yeah, I mean, as I say... Congratulations as is Neil Allen on his book at Momentous Occasion, riding so high in the charts. <laughs> it's been a big week. Big week. Big big week for local sport, big week for Portsmouth, and big, big a big week for for the Hurst Duke Neil Allen. Oh, um, oh no, you're on about you're on about the salary cap. Of Mark, course, of course. Uh, what else would I have been talking about? <laughs> Almost as big a news as that, no. Um it is massive. And with with the salary cap. I've always got the vibe that people haven't really picked up to the gra- the gravity of the story of the salary cap from the beginning. Maybe we were discussing it amongst the press on Tuesday <coughs> night, and um, 
I think I'm probably talking more about the national wider press and the significance of it. And maybe that's just because of the, the Premier League-centric, even championship-centric nature of, of that press. That There's a massive thing that's been happening, like revolutionary wage cap coming in that's really affecting clubs in English football. And it's been, you know, we've been front and centre and it's been one of the big, probably the biggest, outside of the pandemic, the biggest talking point. And for me, what happened on Tuesday is the, again, outside of the pandemic, is the, the biggest talking point of the season. Absolutely massive news for the arbitration uh, to come to the decision to effectively say it's null and void, um, the wage cap. I, I must admit, I didn't quite see it coming in this nature. All the, all the news, all the vibes I was getting, although I haven't been really chasing it the last week or two, was that it would be amendments to the, to the wage cap rather than a complete you know, wrapping up of it. Um, the PFA were confident that there would be um, the kind of amendments that Mark, Mark Catlin he tabled many times with Pompey, um, such as the, the contracts when they come to a close, being able to extend, instead of it going to the divisional average at the, at the existing rate to protect your assets, things like that. Um, Mark, again, really pushing a, ta- um, a flexion of the budget for... To, to turn over to, to what you could spend, but I don't think he, he was even that confident of that at one point. Um, so, and, and the third one, just, just for people to know, was the people, man, owners putting in money as a bond to cover contracts, which has been a bit of a talking point. But for the arbitration panel <coughs> to come to that conclusion, I must say, a day off, or was covering the game at night, so not working during the day on Tuesday, but when I saw the, 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 the EFL statement, very sort of like, Took me back, really. Um, I had to read it two or three times because it was very wordy. And then it made me laugh. The PFA statement was much more succinct. It was like, bye-bye the wage cap. The wage <laughs> cap is gone. The wage cap is no longer. Whereas the, the, the EFL, were, we're looking forward to negotiations with, with the PFA. So uh, on the way, the PFA, like, no, this is this is it now. So uh, I think we may, obviously, moving forward now, there's going to be talks. And again, the PFA and Mark Catlin, saying in his negotiation and talks with the PFA, they're not looking for, you know, probably a free reign to just splash cash on players and players going to earn what they want. They're aware of the pandemic and, and the uh, what's going on in football right now. They just needed tweaking to the kind of amendments that I've just referenced that perhaps if they were kind of a looked at uh, instead of it just effectively railroaded through and club, clubs voting it through on it on and on ticket of self-interest, really, then I think you might have got to an agreement which should, all parties would have been happy in the event it wasn't. Um, and the, the panel ruled um, against it, basically, I think, because it would have ended up in the court of law. Or it, it ended up going to court if they didn't at some point. And I think it would have been deemed illegal. So th- this is where we have the you know we, we arrive at the seismic events of, of Tuesday and out goes the out goes the, the wage cap and salary restrictions. Well, I suppose you can understand why it was voted through back in August. Bear in mind some of the clubs in in, in this division, the, the the crowds are low, the revenue streams are quite low comparison to Pompey. So you can understand why there was a majority vote or sixteen votes I think it was needed to get it through. But at the same time too, common sense just... It looks like common sense has prevailed after all, doesn't it? You can understand why it was, because obviously, as you say, <clears throat> clubs were preparing to start the season, having the revenue ripped up after losing so much from from March. But let's let's face it, it was about more than that. It was about 
smaller clubs coming onto a level playing fields with Pompey and Sunderland and Ipswich, Hulls, etc. Definitely. <laughs> clubs wanted to look after their own self-interest and that's why the likes of your, your Accringtons were against it and your smaller clubs, you probably your Rochdales, things like that. Because if everyone's on a level playing field, then you've got as good a chance of getting the players that they could go after. If everyone's, if you can only pay what you can, what the divisional average is. If anything, clubs up north had a much bigger advantage because we all know it's more expensive to live down south. Like I was, I was thinking the other day, like Lee Bowley has been quite critical of the wage cap at Charlton, and, and rightly so because if you're going to London, yeah. like the average, how much is the average flat gonna be? You know, decent flat in South East London, you're gonna be talking what three, four thousand pounds. And see, Accrington would offer you the same money. You can go and live up in the northwest, probably have a nice little cottage somewhere for for a quarter <laughs> of that price. It just didn't make Hang sense on. how you could throw a blanket over it and not take into consideration locations, which Mark Catlin fought against, because obviously, you know, living in Portsmouth is, is, um, is dearer to live, and obviously in the south of England. And the fact, yeah, like, and and living in Mark McMahon's house Mark's as well. House in the, uh, <laughs> yes, an example, and, and that kind of yeah, property. and and yeah. not only that, but how can how can say when crowds <clears throat> they come back? How can Pompey earn revenue? Where they've worked hard to get hospitality in place, they've worked hard to, to build up that infrastructure. Same with other clubs, but you're not allowed to to use it. You're just going to have a big pot of money in the in in the coffers, then aren't you? To do what with? You can't even go out and buy players, can you? You know, because the players won't come on the wages. It just didn't make sense from the start. Like I know Darren McCantney come up with a good point. I know people are it's a bit like Marmite, isn't it? But it isn't anybody come up with a good point where it should be based on your turnover and, and, and things like that. And if you increase your turnover and you can spend more money and that's what that's what it's gotta be if they wanna bring more stringent restrictions in that are gonna stop clubs going to, to, to the wall like Berry or hitting financial problems that, that we've seen like like Wigan then mm. they need to be more stringent the AFL and they need to come up with a way to ensure that the clubs aren't overspending yeah Jordy Mark Catlin like just going back over what he's been saying to the onset way back in May he's been, he was very very critical of this here throughout you have to give Mark Catlin a lot of credit for taking a stance and the stance that he took like no doubt there was times when he was he would have been absolutely livid with us here but he's held it all together he, he's, he's 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 actually comes out of us really 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 well mark um yeah. but he has been a vocal critic for this for quite a while and this to me this is like a moral victory for him as well as much as anybody oh, absolutely I, I i think with mark he's if i had a pound for you know I think I wrote in my column this week, you probably had a point for every time Mark Catlin mentioned sustainability, where Pompey would be Premier League champions many times over now. So I think the wider game would look at what the tack taken by Portsmouth and Mark Catlin has been, okay, well, they're, they're again, you know, it's a bit rich there talking about self-interest because they're talking about, you know, they're, they're, both, you know, they're acting in self-interest as well because they're a Sunderland on it switch and they've got the, the bigger turnover and we're, and we're in bigger problems. But it's not never been about that for, for Mark Catlin. I think um, if you, like you did with the story on the timeline, the narrative of what he's been saying, even going back to before the, the salary cap was muted, he's 
often says, spend what you can afford to spend. He said it so many times. But when the first salary cap was first mooted, he again broadly came out in support of it. He said, you know, this is what we've been arguing for. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, as I previously just referenced, it only when the detail came in that there was a blanket salary cap around July time, he was vehemently against it because one size fits all. It doesn't make sense. How, how you know, for, for the reasons we've basically just been explaining, you know, um, geography, clubs turnovers, clubs being able to put money into their, you know, bump up their revenue, um, their their turnover when clubs have got a surplus. It, it, it made it made no sense. Something needed to be done, by the way. Something absolutely had to happen. Forget the, the forget the pandemic. Something needed to happen anyway because we've been seeing what's been been happening. Um, now I'm slightly digressing, but it was what was it called the salary cost uh, management protocol was what the, the the process that was in place, which broadly was uh, revenue to turnover. So when you say oh, okay, well that's kind of spend what you can afford. That that makes sense. Uh, it broadly did, but it wasn't what was in place previously. Wasn't that just that? It was also that that owners could inject revenue into their club for wages. So that that, that there's a contradiction there straight away. So if they can bump up to, you know, their wage bill and put money into the club, then you're making an unsustainable position. So it was actually with the previous regime, which is what they've reverted back to now, by the way. Since you know, since Tuesday, yeah, this is where you know Berry happened on that watch. You know what 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 took place there? Very concernedly, clubs, lower league clubs, building up debt was all under the previous regime, which is now back in again. So I think it's been I've seen it's quite timely for Mark Catlin to point out that one of the the um, amendments that he was he, he was advocating was the bond, which I don't think we've heard too much about, but it's coming to the fore again now. So what that effectively meant. Was an, you know you you if you want to put money in and have the dream of an owner um, supporting a club, yes, you can do it in the form of a bond purely to cover a contract. So if you offer a player eighteen month contract, two grand a week or whatever it is, say it's a three hundred grand contract over the course of the, the two years, that bond is paid in to cover that contract in full. So it doesn't allow the club to build debt, and it is sustainable still. That works, and it's probably one of the things you might see come to the table now, moving forward. So yeah, I, I'm I'm happy for Mark Catlin, but I don't. He's been championing this for a long time now, and and off the back of you know the the points per game situation last season, he was a champion of, of fighting for the, the season not to be curtailed in the way it was. Um, he then went into a straight into another battle over the wage cap. So I think I could have, I was speaking to Mark at times. He's been weary and weighed down by it all. So I am, I am really pleased that it's came out in this way. But I just want to make it clear that it's not just, it's, it's a great, it's a win for Portsmouth. It's great for Portsmouth. But he's, his thought process isn't just been purely about Portsmouth. It's been about the good of the game and having the right outcome for the game. Mark Catlin's on this. And I don't think you can really say that for a lot, uh, a lot of other people who have been, making and voting on, on this whole whole debate yeah well back in September October time I think Mark even mentioned that there's some clubs seems to be bending the rules slightly to to the comedy at a wage cap I'm not going to mention names but, but in January you even seen some clubs bringing in players that you're sort of going how on earth are they doing that do you reckon some of those clubs knew this was on the horizon and were they 
were they could you say they were smart enough to realise this and brought in some quality additions in January could you just turn around and say Pompey we're maybe mm, playing it too safe well there was a report wasn't there I think it might have been the Daily Mail where when the championship um, <coughs> wage cap was mooted there was basically so many ways to to, to get around it um, and maybe clubs have already looked into that and, and, and thought well previously well that's a way we can get around it we've already had the lawyers in to, to do it etc but Pompey played it by the letter of the law because they didn't know they had to play by the letter of the law they, let's not forget the hemorrhage in £700,000 a month mm-hmm. so that's going to be what we're talking £8 million nearly now after a year in, in during the pandemic £8 million do they know what the consequences would be if they were caught bending the rules that could be we don't know what what it would be if they were going to be caught that could be another it could be an underground fine it could be a, a million pound fine we don't know and when Pom- there's no precedent no, was there there's not and let's not forget that. Pompey haven't made anyone redundant during this if they got another fine would that make them say right we need to get rid of staff now probably not as a supporter would you rather staff get made redundant and have their livelihoods wrecked or would you rather your club play by the rules and it hasn't exactly hamstrung them actually they're still in promotion they're still in the promotion race it's not like the 14th something like that like say a Fleetwoods where they're out of the race now after being in the playoffs last season they're still up there so yeah it's a bit frustrating perhaps they could have done but they played it by the rule book and it hasn't been to a detrimental effect as such because Pompey are are up there still in the in the automatic promotion race so you do look at some clubs that that maybe are bringing in players and perhaps they are but there's no point moaning about that now is there you've just got to you've just got to get on with it frustrating probably thinking january because yeah look at the players we probably could have went and got instead of what we what we did get but it's all it's all hindsight isn't it you just gotta get on with things now and yeah pompey aren't the mm. sort of club to to moan about it kenny jackets especially yeah Jordy, attention then automatically turns to those players out of contract at the end of the season. There's some quite high-profile names there. But again, Marcus stressed that players can't expect... Oh, sorry, just while we're recording, game off tomorrow as we're recording. Game off. Game off. Game off. Right, okay. There you right. go, breaking news. Breaking pop, pop news. Talk. But yeah, so well, if I go off and write that story now, I'll then. do it while we're doing this. <laughs> but well, it, or sorry, Jordy, yeah. So again, the whole self sustainability, the whole impact of COVID, Pompey just can't go out now and start giving Tom Naylor X amount because that's what he wants. Jack Watmore X amount. They need to be still careful of this here, but it's still positive in that respect. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. I, I think for for the. I can, hear, I can hear the old keyboard tapping away there, Rooney. I put myself on mute before I'm Fing- Fingers of fire. <laughs> <laughs> Got a smoke coming out of the keyboard. Um, it was um, it was massive news for them, and, and it gives the players um, some security, okay? I mean, I, th- I think mainly for the, the fact that I don't think you're going to be seeing massive contracts given out because clubs aren't in the place to do it. But just just from the players and the point club's point of view, it was people like Ronan Curtis, wasn't it? A prized asset when they, I know he's got contracted, but say Jack Watmore's a good one, isn't he? That he's out of contract, so um, you would be looking at his situation, think where well, he's going to have to take a wage cut. You, you know he's going to go off and 
it made for difficult situations. I'm just going to tell my family to pipe down a bit, please. <laughs> well, Ronnie, taping uh, away your family, <laughs> going in the background. What, what do they like? <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's it's good for I don't it's good for the players because they will be in a position where they can earn more um, or earn similar amounts to what they're earning at the moment. Whereas they wouldn't have been there would have been no way it, it would have happened under the wage cap. But prudence is the is the, the byword. It made me chuckle a bit that Mark was maybe a day into the, you know the, the next day that literally within two days of the salary cap losing. Like, Hold on a minute, we're not splashing the cash here. Let's get this let's get this let's get this message out to the players. Before the agents start bombarding me. What is it? 10, 10, 10 or 11, isn't it, for Pompey? Yeah, I 11. Some, some fringe players amongst those, but there's some there's some big names, isn't there? The, the Cannons and Aiders and Watmores and what have you. So, um, yeah, there's 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 time for that now. I know Pompey, all, all, you know, they always say the, the, the old, uh, we're not um, discussing contracts, but they will be discussing them for the ones they want to keep. That's, that's yeah. the reality of it now. So, um, it, it just changed it to a more normal situation now moving forward I suppose and, um, and and it's probably just yeah as I say what, what you want in this situation is the best outcome for all clubs isn't it clubs yeah. are hemorrhaging money the players uh, aren't look, are looking for a degree of security um, for you know for their own lives but they're not looking to be like millionaires off it especially at Pompey's level mm-hmm. um, and it's just the best outcome for all concerned yeah um, I know the situation has made things a lot easier but at the same time too it's still Pompey are still in a, an awkward position bearing in mind they could be in the championship next season they could be in League 1 and if they're in League 1 is Jacket still going to be around so any players they offer contracts to might necessarily be flavour of the month with a new manager so again it's a fine balancing act they need to get yeah. right don't they? Yeah absolutely uh, it was b- before the before the uh, news of this week, it was kind of Pompey had to kind of park everything because there was so much hanging on the outcome of this season. Salary cap, want to go and earn some money, you want to secure your future, you need to be in the championship, in League One. Let's face it, all the all the vibes I've had for a long time um, would be that if Pompey don't get promoted, Kenny Jacket would be moving on um, with his contract at a close. So with eleven players, it pointed to a massive summer of of upheaval um so uh, that was the way it's headed that's still the case probably isn't it there's still even with with the salary cap although it kind of takes something out of the equation if Pompey don't go up 11 players a manager moving on it's it still points to a massive turnaround of, of uh, events players you know wanting to aim for the championship if they don't go up there'll be players in that squad that'll be that are, well, they're sitting tight at the moment to work out what division they're in because of the, the earning power is so vastly different even without the wage cap between League 1 and League 2 so um, that's that that's the way it would be and I think yeah, you're going to be a lot of a lot of players trying to hedge their bets between now and the summer um, and the, yeah probably a little bit of brinkmanship as well um, and and the Pompey obviously doing the best to protect their position but you're in a kind of state of flux at the moment yeah. um, even without even without the wage cap well, if you were in charge of Pompey, who would you be picking up the phone, the phone to first to say, right, let's come in and let's talk New Deal? Uh, I think the first one you've got to address is Tom Neely, your captain, isn't it? Um, just for the fact that you look at Andy Cannon, they've got an option on him, so they've got a safety net. <coughs> Jack Watmore's local lads settled down the area, just had his first child, one on the way. Will he be wanting to, to move away during a, you know, a, a big time for his family? 
possibly not. Craig McGilvery will probably be second on the list. But again, he's quite he seems quite settled down here back in the team. Tom Naylor for me, definitely you've got to get that one sorted because he's had the the season of his career at Pompey, hasn't he? He's been yeah. absolutely superb. He's you know, not only been the, the police enforcer in the middle, but he's, his distribution has got so much better, added goals to his game, and he's a captain now. Player of the year at the absolutely. moment. Absolutely, you can't argue with that. that definitely, can you? yeah. You can't argue with that whatsoever. Yeah. You've got to get captain sourced, you've got to get your leader sourced out first and foremost. The thing is, Tom Naylor will be expecting, and rightly so, the biggest contract of his career. Um, he's captain now at Portsmouth. He's 30 years old now, so he's probably thinking, I've got one big deal left before maybe I need to, to go back on the on the decline again, wage-wise, because Tom Naylor could mm. easily go to a championship club, easily, um, whether that's, I'd say, a, a bottom eight club where he'd be a regular, or he'd maybe go a little bit higher where he might not. Not players regularly, but make no bones about it. Tom Nail could go and earn a championship wage if he wanted to. Yeah. And Pompey are probably going to have to to match that if they want to stay. Of course, they will be able to. If they go up, he'll want another crack at the championship. If they don't go up, he's a northern lad. He hasn't bought anywhere down here, as, I'm, as far as I'm aware. He's still living with Andy Cannon, so... Maybe he might look yeah. to, to get a little bit further up north. That's the that's the only worry. And if you can't promise him championship football, could anyone blame Tom Naylor for leaving? No, he's been a great servant over three years and it'd be a shake of the hands. Thanks very much. I'm sorry it, it didn't work out. You come down from promotion and it hasn't. Best of luck in the championship. But Tom Naylor for me, then Craig McGilvery, you've got to sort out. And then you're probably looking at what more and, and Ryan Williams next after that. Yeah. Cannon's got an option, so... He's not one who's a priority, even though, obviously, you'd want to keep Andy Cannon and, and Kenny Jackett does. And then you're looking at the likes of Hachi Minoga, option, Ben Close, option, but will Pompey take that up? He hasn't played a lot of lot of football this season, and you're looking to, for more of the fringe lads as well after that. So, yeah, definitely for me, definitely for me, Naylor, first priority. Jordy, you don't want to go into the situation where we've experienced the past previous years with... Thompson and Burgess, you, you actually want to maybe get a couple of these key players signed, sealed and delivered so that you're not, it's not continuing on, especially when there's a promotion push on, when focus maybe does tend to turn to, well, he's not going to be hanging around next season, so is he committed, what have you. So you, you don't want that situation again, do you? No, and as I say, I think that, I don't know, the, 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 the party line is, you know, negotiations contract talks are off the table um, and, and they always go out and then privately you know that full well that negotiations are, are, are taking place but you look back to like people like Christian Burgess last year that was a bit of a different situation wasn't it yeah there's the old Sky Sports ticker coming up the old Pompey and Crew news <laughs> hopefully we're, we're ahead of them on a thanks to Will Rooney <laughs> so um, yeah no um, but they need they, it, I mean I'm I'm just going over old ground there. I think I think Will's absolutely nailed it very very eloquently. Naylor is the one one to tie down. Um it's gonna be, be tricky, but they need to kind of make make inroads on that. Andy Cannons from the stories that we've been we've done with Andy in recent days, I mean obviously open to his future, but I think he's gonna be hedging his bets as well. Um, you know, he probably he's a northern lad and would want to get back up north. I don't know there'd be a a procession of championship clubs in for Andy Cannon now. I'm not, I'm not sure about that as well as he as well as he's been doing. But I just think that they uh I think 
think Naylor's the man. Craig McGilfrey. Yeah, I don't know. I, I know Craig's quite settled down here. I know he's got a girlfriend in the Surrey area. So maybe that might be significant. Um, to, you know, Pompey works for him at the moment. So uh, there's that There's that one. But yeah, all uh, all of these uh, negotiations that aren't taking place, although it's going to be very difficult, I think, with, with, with the status quo. I think, yeah, Naylor's Nader, Nader, the man. Okay. Um, change of tact here. We know the game's off. Um, yeah. But there's still question marks over Pompey's strike force at the minute. What's the solution? Marcus hasn't scoring goals. Harrison scored the other penalty, but he's a wee bit off the boil as well. Have Pompey got a bit of a problem going forward at this moment at a time when we're needing to push on promotion wise? Ronan like, Curtis is the answer, isn't it? We've just been just been talking about our lines, the stories that we've got today. Um and yeah, one of one of our stories is Kenny Jacket talking about Ronan Curtis potentially being he sees his future as a striker. I think that was quite an interesting point. And if the game was on, and it might, you know, might well still be on in the next couple of days, who knows? Um, I would have, I would have been, I would have been looking at the team for this weekend. The one, the one player I would have got in is perhaps Byers in for Cannon, who's probably just dropped off a little bit in the last couple of games. Byers coming on doing well. Uh, I think it'd been time for him to certainly get in. And then before Michael Jacobs got injured, there would have been a case for even maybe looking at Curtis through the middle. I I think um, in place of maybe Marcus, who who is uh, he's struggling a bit at the moment. He needs to get that goal, but he's stocking trailers goals and he's not quite returning the, at the rate. Um, Harrison, you say again, penalty this week. I did feel for Marcus. He went off about two minutes before the penalty was given. <laughs> Kind of like, yeah, the man that really needed that penalty is not on the pitch anymore. <laughs> Harrison hasn't scored from October, but as Kenny Jacket quite rightly points out on a spokesman this week, he's probably um, his minutes in that period have been a lot less, probably than you know, not that I've checked, but you know, pretty certain they would have been a lot less than than say Marcus. But Pompey are 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 looking a bit short there at the moment in terms of form. Um, that would have been the the one one uh, one of the solutions for me. To Curtis looked very bright, changed the game coming on through the middle against Plymouth last weekend. Energy, he's got physicality. He shoots with both feet well. Pretty good in the mm. air for you know for probably deceptively good in the air. Um, and and getting his man strength now. He's at twenty four. He's, he's developing all the time. I can see why Kenny Jacket sees his future there. Of course, the elephant in the room. We've gone this far talking about strikers and not mentioned Jordi Arula um, <laughs> on the on the bench. So um, come back into the fray this week. Um, and again, yeah, maybe not starting, but he should have been given a chance to stake his claim. Really, I thought. I mean, at least again, Pompey people that watch listen to Pompey talk all the time. I know that's we've been saying he should be getting his cameos for now. Um, I think he should have been closer to it, like probably most Pompey fans as well. So. There are your options. I suppose you could bring, you know, the, the harnesses into the middle. People like that as well. But um, I would, I would have been looking personally at doing something different um, with the strikers on on the back of of form. You've got competition for places, and I think players know in most areas now um, that if they do drop off, that there's you know someone breathing down their neck. You've got the whites and the buyers and people like that in, in the middle of the park and all over the pitch really left back as well I mean we're seeing that and I don't see why, why the striking position should be any different well um, the, the cancellation has given 
Jack had some respite on a key decision he was going to have to make on Saturday. I.e. the centre of defence. Both Jack Watmore's back after the three-match suspension. Rasmus Nicolaisen would have been available. But at the same time too, you've got James Bolton who's been doing a sterling job there alongside Sean Raggett. If you had a crystal ball, what would what would you think Jacket would have been doing? Would have been bringing Watmore straight back in the team? I think it's fair to say Watmore would have been the one that he would have been looking at. Or would it have been very harsh to, get, to give James Bolton the axe after, as I say, some good performances? This is Kenny Jacket we're talking about. He <laughs> on absolutely anyone. Look at look at Lee Brown. Probably been one of Pompey's most consistent performance first half of the season. Gone, Charlie Daniels. James Bolton, superb in his in his three appearances, hasn't he? Considering how much football he's had. Well lack yeah. of in fact and he's just done absolutely nothing wrong. But Jack, I think he would have brought Jack Watmore back in myself. <laughs> Um, just for the matter of fact that Jacket likes his head to kick at defenders and all that Bolton's like that, but maybe he's not the, the most physical presence in the air and crew are, don't play like that to be fair, they keep it on the deck so Bolton would have done alright, but when a real big physical striker would have went up against Bolton, a bit like when Jaden Stoffley yeah. went on him at times at Charlton, then I think he would have struggled and Jacket likes those those sorts of centre backs, doesn't he? He's Sean Raggett's you know. <coughs> Head to kick it, McClark, he loved McClark, obviously, we all love McClark, so he did the exact same. Um, so, yeah, I think that we would have seen Jack Watmore, it would have been incredibly harsh, like, and there would have been a oh, roar from fans, and to be fair, you couldn't blame them either, you'd have to feel for James Bolton, because he's done absolutely nothing wrong to, to be dropped, and Kenny Jackett's the, the first one saying, when you get your chance, you've got to take it, well, he has taken it, definitely has taken it, but even still, that might, that might be enough for... Bristol Rose on Tuesday now, or if the crew game gets a rearranged for, for Sunday, like potentially planned, but I can see Jack definitely come back into the team because at his best, there's not many better League One defenders, is there? Let's be fair. Yeah. There's no guarantees Bolton would have even have made the bounce either, Jordy, was there? Oh, <laughs> just not. Jacket is, Kenny Jacket is ruthless. Absolutely brutal. We've seen it time and time and again. I mean, going back to Jordy Aruda, you kind of think, wow. Give them thirty minutes when they, when they, when the team's winning, uh, you know, in games where they've been comfortable at Ipswiches and the, the Northamptons maybe in the games where they've been really comfortable, not a chance does not even cross his mind to uh, to manage the situation in that way. Um, he is absolutely cutthroat in that nature, and it's basically this is what's best for the team, you know, and almost sometimes you can argue what is best for the team is is managing the players in that way, but no, it's just literally. Best, best, what I perceive as being the best calls to make. Um, yeah, obviously we saw that in the playoffs as well, didn't we? Last summer, we, we thought a certain, certain call was uh, the right one to make, and then, you know, and then everyone's gone up with conspiracy theories. It's just what Kenny Jacket sees as the right decision, um, and, oh, oh yeah, I, I would probably, I would have had a decent bet on the fact it would have been included Jack Watmore coming in, uh, yeah. for for the yeah for the next game. So. Uh, yeah, that is that is Kenny Jacket all over, and incredibly harsh on James Bolton. What a good lad he is! Um, great, you know, great player for a manager to have. Um, <clears throat> great to have around the place, and yeah, been really a, a bit of a surprise hit in the last few games. But yeah, it would have been what more in. 
Okay. Well, the news that the game is off at Crewe has given us a massive headache now because we need to decide what's going in the sports mail and do we need eight extra pages on Monday's paper. So, yeah, we'll cut it short here so yeah. we can work all that out. Well, you don't have to go to Crewe, which no doubt is a result for you, Jordy. The pressure... <laughs> The pressure's on <laughs> Jordy. The pressure's on Jordy to get a paper out on Sunday, though. So. Oh yeah, over to me, chaps. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for, for that one. But last thanks be, to be for, a, Sorry. Be five Pompey talk stories in there. There's going to be lots of Pompey talk stories in the in the news next Pompey week. Pompey talk. Yeah. <laughs> Fill that up. Go on. You got twenty seconds left, Mark. I'll let you sign off. Yes. So yes. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, lads, for your contributions. We'll see you all again soon. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to the Portsmouth News website from less than £1 a week for everything you need to know about Pompey.